Well, how many of you are thankful for the clean slate that God gives you? Amen. And this morning, I don't know who you are, what your story is, where you came from, or what you've done, but here's what I can tell you. God's grace is greater than all of our sin. The Bible says that any man who is in Christ, what does he become? A new creation, a brand new start. Jesus described it as like, it's like being born again. And again, I know sometimes we look back and it's hard for us to even forgive ourselves, but the Bible says when we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us that sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this morning, again, if you've never reached out and just asked God into your heart and asked him, invited him to forgive your past and give you a new start today, this is your day. And and what you saw in that, that picture is God will just erase all of that past behind you and say you can begin anew. But if you've experienced that, if you've had your slate wiped clean, what are you doing with that? Are you keeping that forgiveness all to yourself or are you passing that forgiveness along? You know, just, just like in our relationship with God, we kind of make mistakes and we write all over the board and there are things that God needs to, to erase. There are people who write on our slate, right? There are things that people do that offend us, that hurt us, that upset us. And here's my question that I want you to process today. Are you forgiving others the same way that God has forgiven you? Are you passing that grace on Or are you keeping it all to yourself? You know, when I was thinking about this this series on what really are the habits of a healthy and and holy heart, I I thought of this idea of forgiveness. And I thought about the fact that, you know, it's important to our our physical heart for us to breathe, isn't it? And, uh, you know, it's like today. I love this, you know, fact that we get this great rain in the middle of the summer. We don't get a lot of that in, in Oklahoma. And, but what's really cool is to go outside after a good rain like that, and the rain has cleared all the dust out of the air. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just so fresh. And you go outside, and you go, boy, you just take in that great deep breath of air. But when, when you take it in, then what do you have to do with it? Yeah, you have to, you breathe it out. And, and that's what God has intended for us with this idea of grace. He, he says that we can come openly to him and you know what? We can lean into God and we can go, and we can just breathe in that great fresh breath of grace that God gives us. But he doesn't want us to just you know, walk around holding it in all the time. He wants us to breathe that grace out on those around us. Do you remember when Jesus was uh, in Matthew 6, when he was teaching us how to pray? You remember remember that prayer? We call it the Lord's Prayer. He says what? Our Father who art in heaven, come on, say it with me. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now stop. Do you really want God 
to forgive you in the same manner that you forgive other people. Forgive us our debts like we forgive our debtors. And it was almost, I think, when, when Jesus taught him that prayer, I think it was almost like he could see kind of the astonishment on their faces when he said that, because that wasn't what was in their mind. And I, I think Jesus knew he needed to kind of reemphasize how important forgiveness was to God, because here's what he says. If you want to take your sermon outline out and pull it out, or we'll throw it up on the screen for you. At the end of that, that prayer in Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, read it out loud with me. Here's what he says. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Did that click for you? You know, that's a verse I think that we often try to blow right by because we really won't, don't want to think about the implications of it. He says, if you forgive, you know what? Your heavenly Father's willing to forgive you. But if you're not willing to forgive, listen to what he says. This isn't Steve. This is Jesus, so you can believe this. Neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. You see, sometimes I, I think we forget how important it is to God that our relationships with one another are right. You know, we often want to think about this journey of faith as being just about us and God. It's just a vertical thing. I want to love God, and I want to lavish my love on God, and I want to receive what God have, has for me. And that's, that's good because that's one part of it. But do you remember from the beginning, God, God tells us from the very beginning that it's important to, uh, to him that we share with one another this same kind of relationship. When Jesus was asked the question, What's the greatest commandment? You remember what he said? What is it? It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you remember what he said? And he said, and the second is equally important, and that's to you do what? That you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, just again, just let the full weight of that, because I'm going to tell you that most of us in our Christian faith don't really think about our relationships with others as being as important to God as our relationship with him, but it is. This passage that Jesus speaks to us is so important, and the implications of it are absolutely terrifying. He says, if you forgive if you will not only receive the grace of God, but if you will pass that grace on, you know what? Your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you stop forgiving, if you hold stuff in your heart, if you don't forgive your brother or your sister their sins, then neither will your heavenly Father forgive yours. Look at me. Hear my heart. We can't have a healthy, holy heart unless we practice this forgiveness on a regular basis. We need to breathe in and breathe out every day. Amen? Now, I started thinking about, you know, 
why grace is so important, why forgiveness is so important. What happens for us when we really do try to practice this and forgive others the way that God has forgiven us? And I, I thought of five, five things I put down, there are probably 40 or more, but let, let me just give you a few and see if you can resonate with these. Five benefits for you and for me of forgiveness. You ready? Here's the first one. Did you know that forgiveness adds health and joy to your life? Forgiveness will add health and joy to your life. I'm going to look you in the eye, and I will tell you that the most miserable people I know are unforgiving people. The most, the most, the most uh, uh, difficult people around, the, the most sad people that you will meet, uh, the most unhappy people that you will ever know are the people who are holding all of these grudges on the inside, and they aren't releasing them, that, that, that they, they absolutely get robbed of the joy that God has for them. But not only that, but did you know that forgiveness actually adds to your health? This is a study from the Mayo Clinic, and they were asking the question, what are the benefits of forgiving someone? They said, letting go of grudges and bitterness can make way for improved health and peace of mind. It can, forgiveness can lead to, listen to this, it can lead to healthier relationships. It can lead to improved mental health. It can lead to less anxiety, stress, and hostility. Forgiveness can lower your blood pressure. It can have, give you, you'll have fewer symptoms of depression. You'll have a stronger immunity system if you forgive. You'll have improved heart health, and you'll have improved health, uh, self-esteem. Forgiveness is just good for us. Forgiveness, secondly, is, is a, it's a priceless gift to those who receive it. To those who receive it. If you've ever forgiven someone and, and, and you see the look on their face when you tell them, I forgive you, I let this go, it's, it's a priceless gift, especially when people are really struggling with the, with the guilt of it all. I, I remember many years ago uh, when I was an associate pastor here, Wanda and I were over at uh, John and Cindy Borden's house for, for dinner one night. And I was helping to move a table so that we could kind of set up, set up for dinner. And Cindy had these, this rack of collectible uh, salt and pepper shakers that she had collected literally from all around the world. Her mother had brought them some back. She had them dying. And as I'm moving this table, it's right up against the wall. I stepped down to pick up the table. And when I picked it up, my shoulder got under that shelf. And I lifted that shelf off of the hooks and when I stepped away, that shelf tilted. And I mean, these salt and pepper shakers started just sliding off. I mean, they were going boom, 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 boom. They were hitting the floor and just exploding, boom. And I was helpless. I mean, I'm standing and I'm just mortified, just mortified. And I'm just watching all of this. And I knew, I knew they were collectibles. And I, when I saw the, at the end of, the, at the end of the, all of this stuff, there was just this pile of shattered glass. And we're trying to pull it all together and putting it in a bag. And I'm telling Cindy, I'll, I'll piece them all back together, you know, which would be impossible. But I'll, 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 I, I, was, I felt so bad. And how many of you are saying, and you should have. Yeah, you should have. Clumsy guy. But, I, you know, I'll never forget. You know, I'll never forget Cindy saying, it's okay. Now, I know she was hurt. And I know she was disappointed. But, you know, just hearing her say, it's okay, Steve. It's, it's all right. It was an accident. It's okay. Can I tell you, that just began to help my heart heal. Forgiveness is a priceless gift. Thirdly, forgiveness keeps your heart open to receive more grace. 
Forgiveness keeps your heart open to receive more grace. Again, go back to what Jesus said. If you forgive, what will God do? He will forgive. In other words, that grace that you've received from God as you pass that along, God will give you more grace. Everybody repeat out loud after me. Forgiveness is a river, not a reservoir. One more time. Forgiveness is a river, not a reservoir. In other words, when we talk about grace, we have to understand that God never expected us just to receive grace and store up as much as we can for ourselves. God intended for our lives to allow that grace to flow through us. Forgiveness guards our hearts against the enemy. Forgiveness guards our hearts against the enemy. There is a, uh, a great picture in uh, Genesis chapter 4 in the story of Cain and Abel. If you want to understand how the devil works and what it kind of looks like, there's a great story in that story of Cain and Abel where God is having this conversation with Cain, and he makes this statement. He says, sin is crouching at the door. That's just a great picture. And you can just kind of picture the enemy, you know, you're, you're here in your life, and you can just picture the enemy, he's outside, and he's just waiting for that door to crack open. Can you picture that? You know, he's just waiting for that door to crack open, because once that door cracks open, baby, he's coming in, he's looking for it. Peter describes him as a, as a, as a prowling lion, seeking whom he, he may devour, baby. He's just out there, he's the what is that, crouching tiger? He's the, he's the crouching lion. You know, he's the, he's the one out there seeking whom he, he may devour. Um, and that's what, when we, when we forgive, we, we guard ourselves. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in just a second. I saw this quote. I thought this was pretty cool. Throw that up on the screen for me. It says, give the devil an inch and he'll become your ruler. <laughs> Have you found that to be true? And forgiveness keeps him outside the door, helps keep him outside the door. Fifth, last thing I want to say about that is forgiveness allows us to be the living, breathing expressions of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness allows us to be the living, breathing expressions of Jesus Christ. Now, just think this thought with me. Jesus said to us, you are the light of the world. In other words, everything people are going to know about me, they're going to see through you. Now, just think this thought with me. So, so when does that light shine brightest? Isn't it in those surprising times for people when we give them unexpected kindness, when we show them unexpected grace, when we show them unexpected mercy, or when we offer them unexpected forgiveness? Isn't it in those times when we demonstrate patience in a world that shows no patience whatsoever? Isn't it in those moments where the light and love of Christ really shine through us the brightest? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I'll never forget um, several years ago, I was uh, in line at a, at a Walmart, and uh, there was a, a woman in front of me who was just not a really nice person. And uh, as she was putting all of her stuff up there, you, could, you know, she was already kind of grumbling when she, when she got there. 
and I got up to the checkout, and as she was putting her stuff up on the conveyor belt and was going through, she had picked out several things that didn't have price tags on them. And so this poor checker, this gal, you know, at, at the register, she's having to, every other item, you know, get on the intercom and say, I need a price check, please. And somebody would come and they would take the item and go find out how much it cost and come back. And so it's taking longer and longer. And of course, the line, the line is getting longer and longer. People are stacking up. And it was kind of like every time that happened, this woman who was perching this stuff, the woman who picked out the things without price tags on them, are you feeling me? You know, she was grumbling more and more and more, and she was, you know, turn around and say something to, to those of us behind her, and she was, you know, getting louder and louder, and, and never forget, you know, she had like one or two items left, and uh, they came through, and one more needed a price check, and the, the checker goes, need a price check on an item, and this woman throws up her hands, and she says, that's it, I'm out of here. And after all of this stuff and all that she had gone through, you know, now that's got this pile of stuff there and this poor checker, you know, she's just kind of beside herself and this woman storms off and uh, everybody's like, holy cow, you know, and I thought, man, I want to just go home and hug my wife right now, you know what I'm saying? It's like, wow, this woman was just out there and this poor checker, I mean, she's trying to gather all this stuff up. She's got to have the manager come over and clear out her register, you know, and she's, she's trying to get all this and she sees everybody and she knows she, everybody's been waiting and she's like, you know, just shaking. She's so upset. And finally, I'm putting my stuff up on the conveyor belt and she's, she's literally trembling and, and she looks at me and she just, you know, just, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I know you've been waiting. I am, I am so sorry. And all I did was I just reached out across and I just patted her hand. And I said, hey, sweetie, it's okay. Take your time. I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> and this woman just loses, this checker just loses, and she leans across and she's bawling her eyes out. And I just reach around and I'm patting her on the back, and it's kind of like everybody in line. You can just tell the other, they're all getting uncomfortable. They're like, like holy cow. But you know, here, here's what I want you to understand. I'm a pastor. I I preach sermons. I pray. I read the Bible. I do all of those things. Here's what I want you to get. What I did right there for that checkout gal, that was the holiest thing I did all week long. That was the most Jesus-like thing I did all week. You see, we are never more like Christ than when we are patient and kind and forgiving, especially in situations where people really need it. Amen? I love the quote from C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis says, you know what? Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. (laughs) That's very true. Now, I just want to give you, I, I know that all of us have people who wound us, people who say mean things to us, people who do awful things to us. And, and today, I just want to help you, uh, give you some thoughts on, on setting some of that down and just allowing the grace of God to flow through you. And let me just give you just a few thoughts. You ready? Here we are. First one is this, forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. The quicker you choose to forgive, the easier it will be. Um, I read a story that was was so cool about a a theology teacher who was teaching on biblical concepts, and one of them was about forgiveness. 
And so he instructed the class. He said, for our class next week, he said, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you all to bring uh, several potatoes, and I want you to bring a large plastic bag. And, um, and so they came that next week. They just thought, okay, here we go. And so they brought potatoes, and, and they sat in the class, and the theology teacher says, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about all of the people who you need to forgive in your life. People that you need to forgive that you've not yet forgiven. For some of you, it may only be one or two. For some of you, it may be three, four, five. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to, he had these strips of paper. He said, I want you to, to pin these strips of paper. I want you to put their name on these strips of paper. And I want you to put one, for, one per, per potato, one per person, but one potato for each one and all these people you need to forgive. And as you put their name on the potato, I want you to put it in that plastic bag. And so for some of the class, they had just a couple of potatoes. For some had three or four. Some had six to eight potatoes in that bag. And he said, now here's, what, here's, here's your assignment. You have to carry that bag of potatoes with you for an entire week. You have to carry it with you everywhere you go. You have to carry it with you in your car. You have to carry it with you when you go into a store. You have to carry it with you when you go to bed. You have to carry it with you and put it beside you when you go to work. Wherever, wherever you go, that bag of potatoes goes with you. And, of course, they, they all thought that was kind of a funny assignment, but, but they did it. And, and here's what began to happen. Of course, one of the things is, particularly for people who had more than one potato in there, after a while, that bag gets heavy. And you just get tired of carrying it around everywhere. It's just such a nuisance. I've got to carry this bag of potatoes. I've got to throw it up here. And, and, you know, it's got heavier and heavier. The other thing that began to happen is these potatoes now out being out in the heat and put in this bag, you know, they begin to get a little slimy and a little nasty. And they began to smell a little bit. And so as the week went on, these nice potatoes turned out to be not so nice potatoes. So imagine all of that for a week. And then finally, after a week, they come back to class with these bags of potatoes. And, and the point that the teacher was making, he said, now I want you to, to feel this is what unforgiveness is like. Unforgiveness gets heavier and heavier with each day that you carry it. Unforgiveness, as much as you may think it is outside of you, unforgiveness makes you stink more and more and more. The sooner you get rid of those potatoes in your life, the better off you are. Does this make sense to you? Now, Paul said this in Ephesians. I thought this was so good. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, Paul said, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Now read this next sentence out loud with me. And don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now remember we talked about sin as crouching out the door. Remember that? And he says, when you, when you take that anger to bed with you, when you let it begin to sit in your heart, he said, what you're doing, he said, man, you're, getting, you're giving the devil a place to dig in in your life. And he said, the longer you keep it, the, the, the stronger that foothold becomes. Think about this with me. When, when you let the enemy in by not forgiving, here's what begins to happen. In this relationship where there is unforgiveness, the enemy will constantly start whispering in your ear. And if you've ever had this, you'll notice this. If you get angry at someone, isn't it funny how you begin to see lots of things that they do that suddenly become annoying? 
And all of a sudden, you're reading intention, even if there's nothing there. You see it. And, you and here's what happens. The longer you harbor unforgiveness, the greater the distance between you and that other person. The longer you, harbor, you, you hang on to unforgiveness, the deeper those roots go down into your heart. Think about this. The longer you hold on to unforgiveness, the bigger the gap between you and your heavenly father. And I don't know about you, Baby, I need the grace of God flowing into me every single day. I want to forgive quickly. Amen. I, I loved the interview they did with a, a guy, an old guy in Austin. He and his wife were celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary. And uh, they were interviewing him and they were asking them kind of the secrets to their success. And they, they asked his husband, they said, so what's, what's the secret to your success? What, what's the key to staying married for 60 years? And he said, my wife and I made a vow when we got married that we would never go to bed angry. And the interview thought that was just a really cool statement. And then the guy said, of course, there were times we were up for three or four days at a time, but we had to... <laughs> Some of you will get that about 2 o'clock. That'll, 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 that'll sink in. Forgive quickly. Secondly, forgive wisely. Forgive wisely. Now, here's why I need to include this. Sometimes when we talk about forgiveness, some of us think forgiveness means things that it really doesn't mean. Especially if you've been wounded deeply or you've been in relationships with someone who, who may be toxic, or someone who may be abusive, or someone who may be taking blatant advantage of you in, in ways. Sometimes we think forgiveness means we just keep this open door and they do whatever they want. Now look at me, hear my heart. That's not what we're talking about. You can forgive people from your heart without letting them close again. Does this make sense to you? Now, look at what Jesus said as he, was, as he was talking to his disciples and getting ready to send them out. Jesus knew the world he was sending them to. And here's what he says. He says, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. In other words, Jesus said, I'm sending you out to a dangerous world. I'm sending you out to a place that's ready to gobble you up. And here's what he says. Read it out loud with me, that last sentence. So be as shrewd as snakes and as harmless as as doves. In other words, Jesus is saying, you're going out in a dangerous world. You're going out in a very a world filled with all kinds of dangerous people. And you need, you need to be wise. You need to be pure of heart. And you need to have you need to have good intentions, but you need to be able to be wise. So when I'm talking about forgiveness, forgiving doesn't mean, first of all, it doesn't mean there aren't consequences. It doesn't mean there aren't consequences. If you've got children, you get this. Um, you know, children, children mess up, and can I say this out loud? Children need to suffer consequences of choices that they make. In fact, one of the greatest disservices we give our children is when we don't allow them to suffer consequences of their decisions. 
Because if we do that, if we rob them of suffering those consequences, we lead them to believe that, that you can do whatever you want to do and you'll never have to pay for it. And you know what? That's just not true. Now, hear my heart, though. I can forgive. If my son keeps the car, if he takes the car and he comes home two hours after he's supposed to be home with the car, I can forgive him from my heart. I can say, you know what? I forgive you. That, I, I, I understand. You got caught up and you lost track of time and that's okay. I, I can forgive that. I can understand that. I've done that myself. But here's the deal. You don't get to drive the car for a week. That's a consequence because that'll help him remember next time that he has to bring the car home on time. Does that make sense to you? Doesn't mean, doesn't mean there aren't consequences. Secondly, forgiving doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries. Forgiving doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries. I remember when Wanda and I were early in our marriage when we had made almost nothing in terms of money and I had a relative, we had a relative of mine that, that asked if they could borrow some money and, and we felt like, you know, we really, you know, probably ought to help them do this. And so we, we loaned them money, needing it back by the time they said they were going to give it back. And guess what happened? They didn't give it back. And now Wanda and I actually have to borrow money out of our savings account to pay for bills because we, we were needing that money to, to make ends meet. And, and we made a decision then, and it's one of the best decisions that we ever made, that we will never loan money again. We will give money to people, but we will only give that which we know we can afford not to get back. That's our boundary. Because that'll protect us. Because that, that cre- loaning money and, and not getting it back, that created this issue. And we, we had to choose to forgive. But the boundary is we don't loan again. And you got people, I guarantee you, some of you are nodding your heads. I know you've got people in your life and you've loaned money to them and they're not paying it back. And look at me. It's okay to have boundaries. It's okay to say, no, I choose not to loan you that. Forgiving also doesn't mean reconciliation. Forgiving doesn't mean reconciliation. You know, through the years, I've talked to a number of particularly women who have been in abusive relationships. And their fear is that if they forgive, then they have to open the door for that person to be back in their life again who has hurt them and may hurt them again. Now look at me. And that's not so. Forgiveness is about letting go of people from your heart. It's not about putting them back in a place where they can hurt you again or abuse you again or be toxic in your life again. Reconciliation can only happen if people are truly repentant of the things that they've done and have truly experienced a change in their life. If people have gone through that, then you might be able to be open to reconciliation. But can we just agree together? There are people, some people who never get there. And it's okay to say, I can forgive them without having to be in relationship with them again. Forgive wisely. Let me give you one more. Forgive graciously. Forgive graciously. The kind of forgiveness that God is asking for isn't just saying the words, I forgive you, and then holding that over people's head the rest of their life. The kind of forgiveness that God is talking about is truly forgiving people from your heart. I love a 
guy, the story about a guy who um, went to California on business. And right after he landed in California, he had this horrible thought. He realized uh, because he had been so busy, he had forgotten his wife's birthday was the day before. And he had been jetting through, and he had just completely blanked out, and he hadn't even mentioned it. And now he's in California, and his wife's back across country, and he realized he has not done anything, and he knows he's in big trouble. And so as soon as he lands, the first thing he does, he goes to a department store, and he goes to the jewelry section of this department store. And the gal comes up to the counter to wait on him, and he says, ma'am, I'm from back east, and he said, I completely forgot my wife's birthday yesterday, and I'm here. I need, I need to get something uh, that can make up for that. Um, what do you have? And the woman behind the counter looked at him, and she said, I am so sorry. We don't have anything that expensive. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> I, I think sometimes because we talk so often about the grace of God, is we forget how incredibly expensive that grace really is. You do understand you could never purchase that grace from God. You do understand that God forgave you of a debt that you could never, ever pay. And that's the same kind of graciousness that God wants us to pass on to other people. Here's what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, he said, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Read this last part with me. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Read it with me again. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You say, well, Pastor Steve, you don't know what they've done. Uh, you're right. But I love what C.S. Lewis teaches us. He says, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. There was a, a Lutheran pastor by the name of Martin Neimuller who was placed in a, um, a prison camp by the Nazis and in his memoirs, he, he shared how every day he said he would look out the window and from where he was being kept. And he said he, he kept seeing people whom the Nazis would take and they would, they would put them to death. And he said, I knew, I knew my day was coming. And he said, and I, I watched these innocent, helpless people. And he said, and I, I thought about them coming to get me. And he thought, I've not done anything wrong. I've not offended them in any way. And he said, I, I began to try to imagine in my mind how I was going to react when they, when they came into my cell to get me. And, 
And he said, I, I begin to imagine myself fighting them. He said, I begin to imagine myself cursing them. I begin to imagine the, the things that I would say to them about what they were doing. What right do they have to take me? He said, I begin to imagine these scenarios in my mind. And he said, then all of a sudden, he said, I, I remember Jesus. And he said, Jesus didn't act like any of that. He said, when he was stood up before the crowd and he was beaten and he was flogged and he was accused of these crimes, he said nothing to his defense. And when he was hung on a cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He said, I began to think about how Jesus handled that. And all of a sudden, he said, I had this thought. He goes, you know what? God is not the enemy of my enemy. He said, then it hit me. God is not even the enemy of his enemy. Let that sink in. Jesus taught us to love our enemies. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is us choosing to see people the way God sees us. In your notes, I, I put this, I was, wrote this in my notes, and I wanted to give this to you to keep. said, so, you know what, forgiveness, forgiveness is more than an act of grace. It's an act of gratitude. We are simply releasing what we have abundantly received. This morning, have you received the forgiveness that God offers? If you haven't, right here, right now, in a very simple prayer, God is willing to forgive you of whatever you've done. He's willing to wipe the slate clean today. It can be the first day of a brand new life for you. If any man be in Christ, <laughs> behold, he's a brand new creation. The old is gone. All things become new. God will wipe that slate clean. But if he's done that for you, then whose slate do you need to wipe clean? Forgive, Jesus said, just as you have been forgiven. I want you to go ahead and take your communion cup, if you would, and take a moment. You can peel that little plastic piece on the top where you can get to your wafer. And then there's a little tab you can pull back to have your cup ready. Rachel and Scott are going to lead us in a, a song that talks about the price of our forgiveness and the fact that this forgiveness that we receive, this grace that we love to take in, is a grace that cost Jesus his very life. And I, as you take that today, as you sing that song, as you look at those words, let that speak to your heart. Remind yourself today of the incredible price that Christ paid for you. But then pray this prayer. God, help me forgive as you have forgiven me. I don't know what names on your potatoes 
you might have brought with you today. Aren't you tired of carrying them? Aren't you tired of the stink that they cause in your life? Aren't you tired of the distance that it creates between you and God? Today, as you invite the grace of God to come to you, would you release that grace to them? Our Father, we hold in our hands today the reminder of how much our forgiveness cost you. This little wafer represents your body that was broken on our behalf. And this little cup of juice represents your blood that was spilled. By your stripes, Lord, that we are healed. And today, Lord, we, we can't begin to find enough words to thank you for the grace that we have received. Grace that is greater than all of our sin. But Father, you said to us that freely you have received, so freely give. Father, today as we receive these elements, I pray that we would not be a people who, who keep that forgiveness within us. That we would not allow our lives to become simply reservoirs of grace that try to save up more and more. But that, Lord, that you would make us the vessels through which you would pour out that grace upon those around us. Lord, some of us sitting here today have had people say things to us that are horrible things for people to say. Some of us have had people do things to us that have been so hurtful. Some of us have people in our life who are so toxic and so dangerous that, quite frankly, Lord, we can't actually even open the door to let them back in our lives But we can forgive today. We can choose to look at them as you look at us with a, our unpayable debt and, and say, today, I choose to let that go. I choose not to hold that to their account. With my grace and forgiveness, I take the eraser and I wipe their slate clean, just like my heavenly Father has wiped my slate. Father, every single day of our lives, things happen to us. Things between husbands and wives, parents and kids, between us and co-workers. Every single day, Lord, there are little injuries that happen to our heart that we need to learn to let go. So let forgiveness not be just this moment in time. But let forgiveness be one of the daily habits of our hearts that we do that we might be right with you and right with one another. Father, thank you today for your amazing grace. Help us by your power and strength and wisdom to pay it forward to those around us. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray today. And everyone says, amen.